You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Have you ever wondered how to get those perfectly kept salt and pepper patches on the sides of your hair? Have you ever looked in the mirror and said, man, this outfit look, would look great with a cloak? We're going to be talking about all of that in, and more on today's episode of Systematic Ecology. We will be breaking down Dr. Strange, getting all of you ready for the big movie coming up. This is, like I said, Systematic Ecology, which means we are your priest to the geeks. And for more wonderful geeky goodness... You can find us on the socials. We've got a wonderful community over there with our Facebook page and our Facebook group, Priests to the Geeks. Um, I am one of your hosts, Joe Day, broadcaster, podcaster. And recently, my wife and I have been going back through old DC animated stuff. The fact that I have to qualify it as old is certainly uh, aging myself, but we're going through and watching the Justice League cartoon from 2000. Hey, everyone. I am Will Rose. I am a pastor in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, one of the co-hosts on Systematic Ecology. And uh, yeah, I geek out on podcasts and my podcast library, like the books on my shelf and the TV shows that are queued up, uh, saved as my favorites, keep getting longer and longer and longer. People just couldn't put it out. Great content when it comes to geeky stuff. And, and even with podcasts, man, there's a lot of good ones out there that help me dive deeper into the geek verse and the things I geek out on it, whether it's surfing or theology or uh, sports, college basketball, and and comic books. And so we're glad that Systematic Ecology is one of your podcasts that you have in your queue where we could talk about these things we geek out on. Super fun. Yeah. It's amazing to sit back and look at the buffet of options that we have in front of us as as geeks right now, right? Like we we love all of this stuff. And there's no shortage of IP to the point where you look at characters like Dr. Strange, right? Dr. Strange isn't necessarily like, yes, he has had some impact in the comics and things like that. So it's not like he's he's totally like a no name. But I would definitely say if you're just taking the source material into consideration, I've definitely heard him described as a B-level character, kind of like how Iron Man was before Robert Downey Jr. You know, somebody, a, a character that is, I guess, of lesser overall impact and, and importance, but we still get it presented in a way where this is one of the A-level characters that we can be excited for incredible storytelling. Yeah, I, I agree. And as... Yeah, like a decade ago, uh, he wasn't on every T-shirt in you know your your comic book store or your um, you know Walmart or Target. You know you, there were Cap and there's Wolverine and there's Venom and Joker, of course, and Batman and Superman. Uh, but but really, these movies elevated Doc Strange to to the forefront, and you know it's kind of like you know, you hit the hot topic of, of what's in pop culture. And so for a while there, it was zombies while there is vampires and then Harry Potter, of course, you know, magic and well, Marvel has a magic superhero who practices sorcery and magic. Which one should we pull up? Doc Strange. Let's pull him to the surface. And right. he helps yeah. round out, you know, a big, a big team when it comes to Avengers and your plan with timelines and, and multiverses, then he's the one you want to pull in uh, to help handle and navigate those avenues. And and yeah, I agree. Like it can almost be overwhelming how much good stuff is out there in terms of podcasts and discussions and books. And and so yeah, you have to choose your geek diet wisely and try not to get overwhelmed. And like uh, another one of our co-hosts on Systematic Ecology, as TJ says, he just he just watches what he feels what he feels like and doesn't worry about it. He just, wherever he feels, he, whatever he feels, whenever he feels like it, he's going to just pull something aside and, and do it. So, um, but yeah, this is a fun topic and we're, we're, I'm excited for this movie. Like I'm, I am, you know, I, I'm not, 
yeah, I guess you could say like I'm all in for the MCU, and I understand it has its um, its uh, problems and it has its formulas and it has some things. But man, I just go in like TJ with no expectations, or I try to, and then um, try to have fun with it. And so, what they're doing with this next phase of the MCU and and what Doctor Strange could mean um, as they pull that multiverse thread, like they did with the What If TV show, and that kind of thing. I'm excited to see what they, where they choose to take this particular story. Um, and, and then the Easter eggs along the way about this character, uh, cause he has a long history. You know, he was created in the sixties, uh, by, by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. And so he's about as old as, as Spider-Man when it comes to the Marvel universe. Right, um, right. and he's had a long history, but I'm excited to see what they pull from that whole continuity and then where they're going to go with this, um, billion dollar franchise with the mcu yeah i think marvel is at a point now where they have nothing to lose by you know i i'm i'm reminded of the line from batman right you want to get nuts let's get nuts i want them to break open the piggy bank and just go buck wild i i really do when it comes to breaking down the barriers of if you're if we're doing multiverse, if we're really saying that this is going to be a giant multiversal trip, then then let's let's go ham. Let's do it. You know what I mean? So for a, a native DC guy like me, I see the Marvel world that they have, their whole entertainment world, especially understanding the business behind where they started before the MCU and how much their back really was against the wall in a lot of regards before starting the MCU and before mm-hmm. finding success and then getting bought out by the mouse and all of those kinds of things, <laughs> you know, it's, I don't knock the hustle. I really don't. And honestly, when it comes to like it or not formula or not taste or not DC Marvel, whatever, what self-respecting comic book fan is going to look at a giant shared continuity of movies across comic books and be like, nah, I'm good. You know what I mean? And I say all of that tongue in cheek, like what you like, don't be a jerk, all of those kinds of things. Like we always talk about, you know, if, if the MCU is not your thing, the MCU, the MCU is not your thing. I wouldn't call myself nearly the same kind of apologist as some of my esteemed colleagues here on the show. But all of that being said, I can appreciate the way that they've told the story. And to me, I think this is something, if memory serves me correctly, this is something that you and I jive on. Build me a world. Let me get lo- let me get lost in the world building, building elements of it all. If you can make an immersive, lived-in world for these characters to play in, that goes a great deal in making up for any shortcoming that you may have in telling a compelling story or fitting into a formula or something along those lines. And for me, I really enjoyed early days MCU because you're building out the world that all of these characters live in that kind of stalled out in my opinion about, you know, most of the way through the second act of the overall last decades worth of storytelling and then pick back up, towards towards the end of building out the greater universe to me outside of all of the cameos and all of the craziness and all of that kind of stuff what gets me excited about a movie like this is you have something like comic book continuity and all of its nonsense and ridiculousness Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and i know when i say that i am preaching to the choir you are one of the few on our group grouping that's like yeah you know that that has that upper echelon of comic book history and understanding how many times the the continuity of it all has been toyed with and messed with and how different how many different stories there's been about different characters and all those kinds of things but somehow we keep this this continuous line of continuity about it all and trying to take that and translate that into any other medium is a Herculean feat to say the very least. So with something like this, I see this as prime opportunity and fodder to start to really push the boundaries 
of what this world looks like. We've we've seen Earth. We've seen the immediate interaction of these characters and characters that have visited Earth and all of those kinds of things. Now let's let's pull the the lens back a little bit and let's see what universe, what multiverse is are do do these heroes and these stories take place in? If you can do that well, you have cemented the MCU. And some people would argue that the MCU is already cemented in the annals of some of the best cinematic or multimedia storytelling arcs already. But you take that to a next level, I think, when you can build out from here and make it compelling. And I think that's exactly what Doctor Strange tends to do and i gotta give it to him right like we said at the beginning we're not talking about you know this is a, this may be a character that's long in the tooth but definitely one that's closer to a b-class character than an a-class pushing the envelope of everything character and they're looking to make it happen twice they did it once with tony stark and doing it again with a character like dr strange to me tells a story of when they want to the incredible power that they have at storytelling and making every character count. Right. And I'm trying to keep my expectations in check and be a good steward of my expectations, because I think when you're working with multiverse and working with all the avenues they could take, like I'm, I'm, and with uh, Marvel and Disney's relationship with their Sony products and X-Men and fantastic four and, Charles Xavier. I mean, I, I'm just, I just can't wait to see how they pull that in under mm -hmm. that umbrella and maybe they never will, but this could be a prime opportunity for them to do that or toy with that a little bit. And, yep. and I think WandaVision was so successful. The first kind of Disney plus TV show that built upon Wanda's past and the visions past, and they're going to bring her in for this upcoming movie. Um, they really have a chance to kind of build more, but then open more avenues to see what the next phase will be. So I don't expect them to pull every single villain or a new Dr. Doom or the whole Fantastic Four yeah, um, yeah, yeah. franchise or extra franchise pull it right into this movie. They may tip their hat to a little bit or tease me a little bit, but I'm, I'm along, along for it. And as we said, you know, we, uh, we're not going to explain this character. There, there's a full Wikipedia page you can read. There's other friends of ours. I'll go ahead and plug it now. Ryan Doze, who's a Patreon supporter of of Systematic Ecology, has his own podcast around Thor, the Mighty Thor podcast, and then he's creating uh, kind of a cool uh, um, idea of, called Comics College that you can go and if you're not familiar with a hero, you know, saddle up for. Uh, a handful of episodes or 10 episodes and learn about a character and they'll explain yeah. their history and some of his background. He's doing that with, with Dr. Strange called the podcast Supreme. So hop on over there and listen. And I listened to his newest one today about some of his visit uh, villains and nemesis and, and objects. And there are things that I learned um, a lot just from just listening to that. I feel like I've been in comics a long time. So hop over there and, and get your knowledge on. But, but today we're just kind of just rapid getting priming the pump for the movie coming up and talk about the character a little bit. How does this open up to what our expectations are? And then, you know, even some of the theological and philosophical um, ideas or thoughts that could revolve around this character and, and magic and multiverse, those kinds of things. So um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I was not uh, a big Dr. Strange fan growing up. I'm a Marvel kid. I was a Marvel kid who grew up on X-Men comics in the 70s and 80s. And, and you know, it was Doctor Strange. I only really saw him when he popped up as a guest appearance or in one of those Saturday morning cartoons, he would he would pop up. And I always knew um, he was cool. Almost like that, like you said, that the gray and temples, uh, like Reed Richards, he was older. Here's this middle-aged man um, who who's bringing wisdom and with a deep wisdom voice to bring to the situation. And, you know, as a kid, I did not relate to him because I was like, cool, I want to be like a young mutant or Spider-Man or something. I, I don't want this dad telling me what to do. But now as a person who has grain temples, I relate more with uh, Reed Richards and, and Doc Strange. And so uh, fun to see what they do with the character and how they continue to build on it. Yeah, my first interaction with this character was through um, the Spider-Man, the animated series from the 90s. Yeah. 
he made a cameo in that. And that was my first, that was my first interaction with a lot of the characters like Dormammu, um, Venom, Carnage, cool. so on and so forth. And so, yeah, that I, I never really grew up reading. I read some Marvel stuff, but I mainly stuck to to DC stuff during that time. But this is one of those characters that when I did see him presented, it was kind of like a upper echelon sort of character right like the the old wise sage is coming in to help with an escalated issue and things like that and again that might be just byproduct of the context that i was introduced to the character but yeah those saturday morning cartoons was was the main way that i that that i saw it and it's it's funny because in talking about this movie it's easy to miss some of the other things happening around Dr. Strange Hmm. with, with Scarlet Witch, right? That is a character. I feel like there are a couple of characters that for whatever reason, the full extent and I'll call extremity of their storytelling capabilities weren't actually touched upon. Now, somebody somewhere is saying, what about things like House of M? What about things like No More Mutants? All of those kinds of things. Yeah, but uh, to me, there's there are a few characters, right? Uh, this, this one is for all of you super comic book nerds out there. We're going to go down a rabbit hole here for a second. Characters <laughs> like Franklin Richards, characters like Valeria Richards, who is this insanely intelligent character capable of so many things. Characters like the Human Torch, Scarlet Witch. There are these characters that if you turn, if, if you recontextualize their power set and turn the volume up to 11, you have somebody that can do multiversal damage. And right. so to me, what, seeing that they are making this character and especially this portrayal of the character, because again, WandaVision was chef's kiss. I think it be, I think WandaVision beat out any of the other Disney plus uh, TV shows that, that they put out. I think her portrayal of the character is is out of bounds. Absolutely awesome. I cannot say yeah. I cannot say enough about it. So seeing this character being put in a position of okay, we're going to push her out into the limelight and say break the multiverse. That to me is believable. That to me is finally exploring a different context for this character that really could do this if they wanted to. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think you know some of these the, the genre of comic books and hero superheroes and, and the movies like you have the threat, the villain threat of a neighborhood, you know, the villain threat of a country, the villain threat of even the world, you know, and then but when someone like Scarlet Witch shows up or or Doctor Strange or you know almost on like Watcher level when you when their face appears you're like uh oh this is a universal threat a mo- multiverse threat like oh yeah, we're yeah. we're just kind of leveling up on on the seriousness and I think that's when he showed up in comics or even on the cartoons you're like whoa 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 it's one thing to face a villain who wants to rob a bank or wants to take over a country or whatever it's another if if there's like unseen magical spiritual forces at stake that you can't really put your finger on or understand or see with your own two eyes that they're explaining this kind of mysterious what's behind the curtain and what are the governing forces behind the laws of the universe the fabric of the universe so that kind of levels up your like okay here here we go so yeah and it's kind of like me in my life yeah i'm gonna tackle this one task i'm gonna stop i'm gonna i need to get to work on time i i need to make sure i pay my bills but then there's like the overall existential questions of what's the meaning of the universe and what's the moral arc that guides my life and my family and where do i get meaning so there's the level up aspect of me doing my daily task and thinking deeper. And I think Dr. Strange taps into that. And I, I'm glad to see that the, that this movie lends itself to that. And I'm hoping even at the end of this movie um, that they just like WandaVision did, man, it was WandaVision came right at, at COVID and people were grieving. And that whole 
like, what do you do with your grief? How do you handle grief in a healthy way or not? Um, was a big question that really was had ramifications and, and an impact, not just on the geek culture, but everyone, you know, in my congregation, we were talking about it. And, and so that perhaps this, this could help us do the same to talk about, you know, another avenue to go around and talk about what is it that what's in control, what's in not control, what's unseen, what's seen, what are the laws that govern the universe or not, um, that can help lend itself to those bigger questions. Yeah. Uh, and I think for, for people that enjoy thinking deeper about life and about stories and things like that, I think one way or another, this is going to be the kind of movie that that lends itself to just that sort of storytelling approach. And I do want to stop for a second and touch on something that you said before. You know, you're going to hear a difference between Will and I in our outward exuberance towards, well, what if they could do this? What if they could do that? And all of that kind of stuff. The key to balancing that out if you tend closer to my side of being like a kid in a candy store where you see the giant chest of toys and you pull the toys out and you're like what if this and what if that and all that kind of stuff understand mm -hmm. that there's a million different ways that they could tell the story and it's okay you know that that is the specific story that they tell is kind of more or less irrelevant it's more about it's more of an uh, of an exuberant approach towards acknowledging the fact that the way that they've teed themselves up, the world is their oyster when it comes to what they decide to showcase, what they don't decide to showcase. Does that mean that I'm going to be angry if they don't, you know, bring in the entirety of the mutants and explain exactly how mutants work in the MCU? No. Does that mean I'm going to be angry if they don't bring in Dr. Doom and it, we don't see Reed Richards and all of that kind of stuff? No. That just means that, like you said, tease, tease it. You know what I mean? I, I know right. that there's – we. I, I made a, a post in, in real time to when this is being recorded. I made a post yesterday in the Priest to the Geeks uh, group talking about the the fact that the Living Tribunal – was uh announced for the movie and you're you're now talking about cosmic level the deity structure you're getting to that upper part of the marvel universe and so to somebody like me i'm like man the table has been set to like i said just just go buck wild just, just throw everything out there and go for it yeah but however I, they get from point a to point b is much less relevant right but man they have scarlet witch sitting right there and she a mutant is she just uh, yeah. uh an anomaly you're she's sitting right there you talked about you alluded to house of m for those comic book fans you know what we're talking about but if you're not a comic book fan go back and look at house of m and what they did with mutants whether you like it or not that's when i really started getting back into comics when that big event happened and i loved it the art the writing I was, I was all in. I, I was like, oof, I, I it's like drinking water from a fire hose. I was just like, man, this is so good. And, and I, um, so now that you have Scarlet Witch and she could say more mutants or no more mutants, maybe she reverses it. I don't know. I'm, I, again, I'm trying to be a good steward with my expectations. And if she, if no mutants show up and there's no X-Men at all at the end of this movie, fine, we'll wait till later on down the road. But, but like, she's sitting right there. She's teeing it up. She's there. Uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. I'm excited to see what happens. And, and um, yeah. And, you know, like it, it's going to be a lot of shattered glass and a lot of shattered realities, but, but how they put it back together um, or not will, will be fun. I'll have my popcorn ready. Yeah. It's, you know, the, the, the wrestling fan part of my brain that likes to book the territory <laughs> and yeah. all of that kind of stuff um, I'm sure for for all of you sports ball fans out there, I make that joke. I ha I used to be a big sports fan, but I've fallen out of love with it. Um, 
but you know, you know, you 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 book what if what what if this happened? What if this player was on this team? Whatever, different different um, fandoms have their version of it. So I, I've I have had my thoughts of well, they could do this. Well, what if they do that? As far as far as the specifics of like introducing mutants, do I hope that they introduce mutants in this? Literally, the time is now. Like you have the perfect table set to Man. to be able to bring mutants into it in a way that pays homage to um what came before it i i i said part of this in the no way home review with dan and josh movies like this get to run because movies like sam raimi's spider-man and x-men and x2 walked first Mm-hmm. there's a whole generation of movies out there that they didn't have a giant archetype and a 10 year arc to go off of and all of those kinds of things. Are they the best thing that's ever hit cinema? No, but and we, we don't have the, just like those movies don't exist without guys like Richard Donner and you know, the, the, the seventies and eighties of, of movies and all of that kind of stuff. Like each one of these these new chapters of storytelling can look back to ones that came before it and say, thank you for paving the way for them to be able to push that envelope forward and things like that. And I do think that there's a whole history of storytelling, you know, putting my booking the territory hat on for a second. I do hope that they pay homage to it, but I also hope that we get an entirely new cast of characters and we don't try and play with that with, with staying in the lines of that continuity or those actors or stuff like that. Like that, that well is dry, say thank you and then move on. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And X2 is so good. Oh my gosh. And they put all those yeah. movies up on, on Disney plus. So, you know, they can, you know, if you're like ask questions about this movie, what is this? Who is that character? Well, hop on over. We got it. They are on our streaming service. So yeah. So yeah, like like you said, like yeah, there were there was a time when it wasn't like a big tight end MCU kind of continuity and, and movies that kind of helped the growing pains and the learning along the way, um, and so they are what they are, and and man, they 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 have their their fun and as well. So yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I I think. And I think with something like this, right, one of the things that I am am probably the most fascinated with outside of just, okay, how many how many different toys can we play with and still tell a good story? The other half of that is the way that they've established the path to get to this point opens the door to being able to ask some thought-provoking questions as far as telling a story of people that have made mistakes as a byproduct of things that have happened to them or around them. And now they're presented with almost this chaotic sort of existence and nothing is is what it seems and all of those kinds of things and you know not to be that guy (laughs) but there's there's power in understanding the depths of the storytelling when you realize well wait a minute wait a minute you know yeah we might be talking about multiversal this and cosmic that and all of this kind of wild and out stuff and this kind of large scale grandiose sort of thing but bring the camera angle in for a second right when you have characters that have been through things that have made mistakes and now are dealing with the byproduct of those mistakes or they're dealing with the byproduct of a situation in their life yeah nothing seems like it's the right sides up nothing seems like it, it it's it's this cohesive sort of thing and so to me and it's actually fascinating because that marvel's actually the one that's doing this one in comics dc was the one that was doing this for for so very long right. of telling 
telling the story of the person behind the superpower. Right. If you can tell that story and then on top of telling that story, you've got Scarlet Witch and you've got mutants and you've got multiverse and you've got Living Tribunal, which we can do a, a whole character dive onto that. But you're talking only steps below the Marvel Universe equivalent to God yep. when you're talking about the Living Tribunal and you're talking about a character that is meant to keep order to the multiverse and things like that, that you, you know, you can have all of this craziness, but then ground that in a story of how these people behind the superpowers are dealing with all of this. I think that, that to me speaks more to congratulating Marvel for the road that they've, that they've taken to get to this point and acknowledging the high points because it's so easy to get on here and to talk about the formula and to talk about the, the corporate structure of it all that it's turned into and all of those kinds of things. But you don't get to an ability to be able to say, man, what if this movie is what it is and be able to have exuberant, I wouldn't say expectation because I'm not necessarily expecting any one thing. I'm just excited. You know, that excitement level of of an a movie like that to a point where I'm not gonna lie I haven't been excited for a Marvel movie like this for a minute you know what I mean that the, right. this has been a while since I what since one of their movies made me have an active desire to go and see it in this kind of way yeah and I think you hit on our point of 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 what grounds a character where do they find their center how they what is their redemption arc? Where where they come out of this story looking like, and and what's the next? You know how they progress as a character and character development. And we ask those about ourselves too. But you know, I think Doctor Strange is really easy in comics to you know wave your magic wand or magic hand and do. It's like oh well, it's just magic reboot. You know oh this person's dead, we'll just bring him back as a multiverse character. And or you know you can you can play around with all different kinds of stories where kind of anything goes with magic and multiverse. Um, in there, but but then I want to know what what grounds Doctor Strange. Where does he find his moral arc? Where where does he find you know who who is to say like whether his dark self or 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 lukewarm self is any better than his true self or real self? You know, and 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 I hope that and I'm sure the movie will explore that. But it, then it pushes us, and I think Loki did that too with like who is Loki the Loki TV show and the time variance and split off timelines and he had the different variants of him and who he is and i think dr strange is going to do the same as he sees different variants of of his own self and you know i'm a complex character too i mean i i'm a i'm a i i don't have a single story i i'm a pastor and a surfer and a dad and a husband and a friend and someone who probably drinks way too much caffeine and eats too much fried chicken and so what are what are we what who am i well i'm all those things and then what voice do I get? What what wolf am I going to feed within me that to give them the most energy? So I think I, I hope the movie does that in in a way that we can think about those things in our own faith and communities and the relationships we're entangled with as well. Yeah, and, and you know I I think the longer that I'm the longer that I'm involved with this, the more that I see that. It doesn't have to be weird or disjointed to turn the camera angle in a couple of different directions when you're watching these sorts of things, when you're taking in these different medias and, and, and being willing to ask those questions and poke and prod there. And there's a lot of benefit to that. I want to, I want to go back to one of the things that I am really really excited for that that they it seems like they're teeing up for a direction for this um for for all of you marvel fans the name illuminati is going to register a whole section of storytelling that is probably some of the best that i've ever read out of marvel with with secret wars and the incursions and all of that kind of stuff for those of you uninitiated, the Illuminati is 
kind of a collection of the smartest minds and the leaders of the Marvel Universe. Um, it is Captain America, Doctor Strange, Reed Richards, uh, Black Panther, and Tony Stark. I think Tony Stark's in there, but there's also Black Bolt and maybe mm-hmm. Namor. Maybe Namor. That's right. And Charles yeah. Xavier. And Charles Xavier. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm really hoping that we get in a, I'll call it a post Avengers world. Before we get the new iteration of the actual Avenger team, which I personally am hoping is the ultimate Avengers, but that's a whole other conversation. I, I think we have a prime opportunity to open the door for kind of a, a, a new team collective, some sort of collective that stands in the gap there. And I don't think it needs to necessarily be nefarious, but I do really think that that could be a really cool plot, plot device to introduce some of these characters. I don't think we're going to get every single one of those characters introduced in Doctor Strange, but you have a good 60% of the, the group already introduced. So yeah. I think it's prime opportunity to be able to introduce the, at least some of the other 40%. Yeah. And so like the, the first phase of the Marvel universe, they, the MCU, they, they brought in these characters and had their origin stories and brought them together as a team and they worked together as a team, but they also had inner conflict and arguments on how the world should operate and work. You're a prime opportunity now post, you know, the Thanos snap and kind of a new world they're a part of to have another kind of team be brought together to be as the Illuminati or these kind of governing tribunals of Earth to kind of think through what about the next big threat. And you bring them together. They work together as a team. But of course, they're going to have an inner conflict because when you get the smartest people in the universe, in a room, they're going to compete on who is the smartest person in the room and, and try to figure that out. And that was actually going to be my recommendation into this ep- at this end of this episode is to read The Illuminati by Brian Michael Bendis and Steve McNiven, uh, that 2007 run on New Avengers that, um, yeah, it's, it's really fun. I mean, yeah, Bendis is the king of talking heads and you get the smartest, um, you know, most powerful minds in the comic book Marvel universe together around one table. He, he has fun with what they talk about and what they think the more concerns are and the betrayal and the mind wiping or not. And, and uh, it's, it's, it's good, good comic reading. And so, and so I, I recommend that and that's good. If they could set up something like that in the movie, um, if there's a cosmic version of that, like you said, and then there could be, it could be an earth version of that and, and bring them together and see how they work together. Uh, Cause I do think, I think instead of a ultimate Avengers, I think we're going to, you know, get a probably Disney plus show or a movie of the young Avengers first. Um, they're definitely working towards that. And, uh, but if you have like a young Avengers, then you got to have the, perhaps an Illuminati older dudes and chicks like sitting around a table trying to figure out, you know, how the world should operate and run. Yeah, I, and I don't necessarily have a problem with the Illuminati being more virtuous, at least at first, than their comic book counterparts because they're not right. really virtuous in the comics. <laughs> you right, know what right. I mean? They they mm-hmm. are they are more of well, a they, their origin that they, they retconned it because it's like after the Kree Scroll War, which is like a seventies Marvel event, sixties seventies Marvel Avengers event. Um, they 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 share in the Illuminati that they've been working behind the scenes since then so like it's been in secret they're the illuminati they're in secret for a long time and you would think that most of the people around there's been a lot of story stories revolving around how the people around that table don't get along and even fight against each other and civil war with each other and whatever but they still come together on this kind of truce neutral territory to at least say all right let's come together and think about uh, the existence of of reality or not and so um, I, that's super interesting to me. Um, and then, you know, you can go down the conspiracy theory road of, is there a real Illuminati or not, um, in our world? Uh, are, <laughs> are there galactic aliens sitting around that circle and we just don't know about it? I don't know. I'm going to take my tinfoil hat off and, and not think about that too deeply. Um, because I have too much to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so now I feel like we need to have an episode that's that's committed to um, talking about all of those kinds of conspiracy theories and right, and like a what if what if there is an Illuminati? Who's on it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> is, would be our okay. Statement. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot. Will, what if there was an Illuminati? Who would make up the Illuminati in in today's world? Oh my gosh. Um. Well. You know, there is this one dude who bought Twitter not too long ago. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm imagining he's on it. And probably those like those those quantum slash spaceships that the Navy keeps spotting running in and out of the ocean. There's probably somebody in there that's on the Illuminati yep, yep. as well. Uh, yep. Um, there you go. So, so yeah, we'll, that's just a teaser. If you want to know more of my thoughts on who's on the Illuminati, <laughs> not a Kardashian. Not a Kardashian. It's not a Kardashian. It's probably not uh, LeBron James. It's... Um, I'm definitely not on it. If you're wondering, so no one's telling me about it. But but that'd be a good that'd be a good smack <laughs> geekology. You know, there's the comic version, then there's a real life version, and we go down that road. But that's fun to think about. Yeah, sure. yeah, and you can find more of our thoughts on that at Patreon.com/slash/SystematicEcology. <laughs> a Patreon uh, episode where we really get political and talk about who we really thinks on the Illuminati. So. Yeah, I think if you're going to tell the story of the Young Avengers, you know, I get it, especially owned by the mouse and you want to keep this thing going forward, all of those kinds of things. You know what? Fine, whatever. Am I the biggest fan of the idea of telling, you know, a, a story about the JV squad of the Avengers? No, no, I'm not. Uh, but then again, I'm not a Marvel person, so it's not like I read through Young Avengers or I have any connection to these characters or anything else like that. I'm a jaded, uh, jaded '90s kid DC fan watching the MCU, so yeah, my my point of view is going to be a bit swayed as far as that goes. But I do agree that if you are going to go that route and you are going to establish the new generation with maybe you know, a, a tie to the original team as like a mentor training figure, something along those lines. Fine. I do think you have the the pieces in place with that, with Falcon. I think that he could make a, a really strong leader for that sort of new recruits team and all of that. Great. But like you said, that leaves the door open for, kind of a heads of state sort of council mm-hmm. to be present and active in this universe where they are the ones that are assessing the cosmic or multiversal front of the things that are going on, all of those kinds of things. And honestly, I, I really think that there's all of the right pieces in place to be able to use the pieces that you have on the board already, coupled with introducing a couple of new pieces to tell a really compelling story, again, to go to Marvel's benefit with the way that they've told their story and the time that they've taken, each one of those toys in the toy box also is coming to the table with a enough substance of backstory that that's a really intriguing prospect to be able to see some version of the council of these imperfect men all together, making the decisions, making the hard decisions, assessing the larger threats, all of those kinds of things. The world is your oyster to tell those stories and, and pepper them in right to, in my, in my mind, I see something like that almost becoming the new Nick Fury of it all. You had mm-hmm. Nick Fury oh, in the first, yeah. in the first 10 years kind of peppered in throughout, see, you know, interacting with the larger, almost, almost in a, in a, a Watu sort of role being the watcher, being the, uh, Help me out. The man on the wall, right? Is that what it's referred to? What he's referred to as in the comics? Yeah, in the comics. Yeah, yeah. The man on the wall. That yeah. went down a road. Um, <laughs> but, 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 you know, if you're going to do something new with the character, why not, you know, you know, shoot for the fences, shoot for the wall, you know, that's, that's yeah. what you want to do. But yeah, that round table, like, man, you could mix it up too. Like, why not? Maybe Dr. Strange at the end says, you know, I don't, I don't want to do this, but Scarlet Witch, you do it. You know, you're on you're on that council. And maybe they do pull a Charles Xavier from the multiverse and let him sit on it. And then you have um, 
you know, a, a handful of, cause I mean, Iron Man's dead, Caps is retired or, or gone off into the sunset. So who do you bring on there is this next phase. But as long as you start building to it, um, yeah, I'm, I'm there for it. That's, that's fun. That's fun. And again, if they don't do it. That's all right. We'll, we'll, we'll see what direction they go. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I think it would be a very smart decision to put at least Scarlet Witch on the Illuminati if they were to build one. So fan casting real quick. D- again, we hold all of this with loose with loose hands, yada, 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 all of those kinds of things, all of the asterisks that we've already talked about. But quick, if you had to pick, I don't know, five to eight people that were going to be on the Illuminati with I with the combination of the characters that are already in play with hopeful character inclusions that could be down the uh, coming down the pike. Who would be on the Illuminati for you? Oh, man. How many, how many do I get? How many picks? Five to eight. Five to eight. Um, I mean, golly, I would put Black Panther on there, but but dude, he's gone. The guy who played him is gone. <laughs> and they killed him. Like someone from Wakanda would have to be on there. Scarlet Witch. Um, I would like to see um oh man. Yeah, there's gonna be some pauses here on this audio for folks and be like, did my did my audio just go out? Yeah, I would I think I need to sit more with that. I think I definitely um I gotta reassess the kind of the lineup for Avengers and who's still on the board and who's not and who was killed off because or, or or not. Um but but yeah, I mean it, it is is Bruce Banner still hulked out or is he smart? Is he back Bruce? Like what would he be on there or not? You pull in somebody cosmic from like Guardians of the Galaxy because they have kind of a, a world, you know, vision of like the universe, not just Earth, you know, kind of dynamic. Um, you have someone spacey on there uh, from the universe. That those are good questions. I love it. I love it. But I, I, I would like if they went down that road. I would like to see someone pulled out of the multiverse. Uh, someone in the Sony verse, the X verse, that or even X or Spider Man verse to kind of come in and be like, okay, we're gonna. We're they're part of this too because we know that there's a multi-dimensional, multiversal element to the fabric of reality. So I'm gonna let my early generation of more modern comic book movie fandom fly for a minute. My quick off the top of the dome lineup would be uh I I, I really think that Nick Fury should be on there. I think that you get uh, Black Panther's sister as Black Panther mm-hmm. on there. Mm-hmm. Scarlet Witch, um, Doctor Strange. I would love if they introduced Namor because I think Namor is a really cool character. Yeah, if you yeah. allow, if you allow the shades of anti-hero to be present, he's not a guy that's going to be super plucky and you know happy-go-lucky by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, Dealing with humanity is an unfortunate byproduct of being the king of Atlantis. So, and he's never, he's always that first, the king of Atlantis first. I'm fine with Thor. Thor's whatever as long if they I, I I just want King Thor I I if they make King Thor that would be fantastic otherwise I'm not here for frack guy fat Thor I'm not here for that um I just <laughs> I just angered some Marvel fan somewhere but um I think that pulling in that extra dimensional character Sir Patrick Stewart himself needs to be um. there as Professor X as kind of the the old sage voice on the team, I think Chef's Kiss. Old man Xavier. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it. Kind of an old, been there a long time. And there's different younger versions of him out there, of course. Right. In all kinds of movie threads. But but yeah, old man Xavier with um, him would be pretty epic. Yeah, I, I stand by that 100%. So, and, and to get extra nerdy for everybody i would love if they pulled him from uh days of future past from that that version of professor x specifically that's been through the you know the the wartime and the peacetime and all of those kinds of things i think that would be perfect but again 
hold it with open hands. There's a million different stories that they can tell. Just a bit yeah, of fun. Yeah. And we'll, we'll be on the other end of the movie uh, and talking about what we thought about the movie and what happened or didn't happen. And all this could be for naught. But that's what makes, you know, comic book shop and this kind of systematic ecology talk, uh, geeky talk fun because it, it stokes our imaginations and, and um uh, plot lines and what we geek out on. So that's, that's all part of the, the thought experiment and the fun about it. Yeah. And, and, and again, to both sides, right? Like when you can, when you can embrace thoughtful discussion about it all, it allows you to a temper your expectations for the, for the more comic specific side or media specific side, but B allows you to explore and to ask these different questions, just maybe in a different context and mm -hmm. things like that. And you can go both directions where you can sit here and you can fan cast and you can sit here and who would be on your Illuminati team and what storylines would I love that love for them to do? You know, I think Scarlet Witch could do a reverse, no more mutants and speak mutants into existence, you know, but at the same token, you go the other direction of, well, what if I found out that there was a multiverse? Yeah. What would that impact as far as my thoughts on God? What do I think of the fact that scientifically we're trying to push boundaries into these different, to see if these different more sci-fi elements of what we're talking about, if these are actually true. And, and on both sides of that coin, if you allow yourself to think deeper and to take a step back, you get you get to play a lot, you know. Yeah, there are some heavy topics in there, but it's fun to toy around with those, you know. Yeah, yeah. What if? That's another good what if. If we found out there is a multiverse, what would that mean? And how was my perception of the universe? Same way with the aliens. We we get physical proof there are aliens from other planets. How would that shape our worldview and view of the universe, our view of religion? I still think belief in God and the big questions we wrestle with aren't going anywhere and it'll take them to another level, but it's, um, uh, but it will definitely change things and make a sense of urgency or, or level up the way we think through things in a, in a whole nother way. Just like the discovery of the new land or the so-called uh, quote unquote discovery of America or the world's not flat or, you know, the sun, we revolve around the sun. Those were game changers in how we looked at the universe. And I think there's other, definitely other things to learn that will happen. I don't think it'll be the end of Christianity, the end of religion, the end of faith. It'll, it'll, it'll help us go deeper and it'll help us look at things from a different angle. Yep. Yeah. And that's, and it's fun. It's a, you know, when, when you can, I think when you can allow those questions to be asked, if anything, it it it, it fosters a heightened appreciation for the world around you, whether or not it's science at the earth-based level or testing the limits of the rules that govern reality, you're still pointing towards celebrating the creation of something that created it. Right, exactly. You know, there's no either or to be had here. This is a yes and sort of prospect. You know, I, I know that when you're talking about things like string theory, when you're talking about things like extraterrestrials, all of those kinds of things, you, you really test kind of the parameters of a person's faith when asking those questions. But I think if we allow it, there's so much room there to be able to really play in the sandbox, really, really ask deeper questions, ask more thought provoking things and say, okay, so this thing that I worship, right? This concept that I have of God, all of those kinds of things, where does that set in all of this? Hmm. And it ex it's an expanded parameter that isn't wrong. You know, just testing, testing scientific theory doesn't mean that you're questioning God. That means that you're embracing God's creation. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the whole aspect of being created in God's image. Is not necessarily that he, he looks like me and has two eyes, two ears and a nose or whatever that, but that God 
uh, is a creating God in relationship with things and, and us being created allows us to be co-creators uh, to explore the world, to expand our knowledge. And I, and I really think the first Doctor Strange movie leaned into the faith and science um, uh, realm and, and questions like here's a man of science and medicine and he couldn't wrap his head around about the spiritual and the mystic and, and, and he had to come to terms with not either or, but both and, and, and I, I've even showed that movie to our youth group, uh, when we start to have these questions of faith and science, because man, I, I think it does lean into that really, really hard. And I'm hoping that this, this next movie does that as well. Yeah. He, yeah, he's a man of, of medicine, of science, of ego, those kinds of things. And yeah, how does that work into the realm of, of the mystical, the religious, the, uh, the faith, um, the spiritual? Um, the same kind of ego can get caught up with that just as much as it can with those who practice medicine or science. So how do they work together hand in hand? And, and Dr. Strange is a good embodiment of, of that dialogue and the tension between the two. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. So bringing this in for the wrap up. Will, what recommendations do you have for our lovely community to geek out on? Yeah, it's hard for me to wait to the end. Sometimes I recommend all through the episodes. So you've probably heard me talk about Podcast Supreme and that Illuminati New Avengers run by Brian Michael Bendis. Um, and, and then, of course, go watch the first uh, Doctor Strange movie with the mindset of what is this dialogue of faith and science and how can they work hand in hand with each other? Or what's the tension between the two um, and where are the challenges? Uh, so so perhaps go back and watch that that first movie through a different lens um, about how our faith can can work with science and medicine uh, for uh, the greater purpose and greater good uh, of the world. Yeah, my. Oh, come on. Okay, I'm back. Um, my recommendation would be to second what you said in regards to gaining a bigger idea of who the characters are that are going to be involved in the upcoming movie because I think it'll heighten the overall enjoyment of it to have mm -hmm. an understanding not not that they'll necessarily specifically follow any one story point but going through and reading mm -hmm. Avengers New Avengers um Secret Wars that whole era of comic to comic book storytelling and watching the Doctor Strange movie and reading something like House of M and seeing what these different characters are capable of will overall benefit the experience. Yeah, and I think there's an era of comics that happened in the, you know, kind of mid uh, early 2000s, where, you know, the, the end of the 1990s, beginning of 2000s, comic books were in kind of uh, deep doo-doo. I mean, they were like bankruptcy, and then there was kind of a relaunch and reboot and and um, really started to hit its stride again uh, around the business era of, of Marvel. And this is before the movies even came out. You started getting Spider-Man. You started getting, you had the X-Men movies and, and Spider-Man doing its thing, which helped, I think, comics. But, but man, there was some good, good storytelling that we were sitting there thinking, what if they made that into a movie? What if they leaned into that? What would it look like now with the special effects and movie technology of today? And, and we're getting it now. So it's kind of fun to see the stories that were really, really good that kind of helped put comics back on the on the map for a lot of people now hitting the big screen absolutely so wrapping up here for more on this or to let us know what you are geeking out on you can find us like i mentioned at the top at facebook.com systematic ecology or you can join our facebook group priest to the geeks if you are a fan and want to keep help us keep the lights on, you can find all sorts of bonus content 
over at patreon.com slash systematic geekology. We've got a monthly D&D campaign. We have all sorts of extras, a weekly comic book deep dive, all of those kinds of things um, you can find over there. And uh, last but not least, we'll let them know where they can find you. Yes, you can find me in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Come on by, visit, hang out. If you visit me in Chapel Hill, I'll take you to my favorite uh, bar and arcade that has lots of cool geeky pinball and retro video games. Um, and, and then I'll, I'll show you the beautiful campus of, of UNC. If you're bringing a kid to college here at UNC, look me up. We have a good campus ministry and I'll give you a tour and give a free parking at the church because we're right across the street from the university. And of course, you can always email me. You can always find me on socials as well. So I, I, for, I for one, am not going to let you know where you, can, where you can find me to come and visit, but you can, uh, if you, uh, you want to hear more of my ramblings, you can find me at either Buddy Walk with Jesus or Kingdom on the Road, um, anywhere you can find podcasts and anywhere you hit the socials. So that's it for now. Thanks for joining us and stay geeky. This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.